now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Hey, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's show, I want to ask a question. Have you ever been around a driven person or have you yourself been a driven person? Yes, I have. <laughs> you have? You. Oh, man. <laughs> Actually, that's true. There's truth to this. And today we want to talk about when your vision blinds you. You know, uh, early on in our campus ministry days, uh, I was a driven person, very, very driven. Uh, I like to tell people I was driven by the vision for the campus, for the call of God. But actually, you know what? Many times when we are driven by something, it's usually not a good thing. Uh, the defining motivation for drivenness should not be insecurities, comparison, shame, things that many times uh, it's the voices in our head that aren't the Holy Spirit that are driving us. And I remember, babe, early in our campus, ministry, one of the things that began to happen was I received a call uh, by God. Uh, it was a vision to start a campus ministry, to start a movement. But the thing I didn't realize, part of my drivenness was that I was actually putting my motivation and standard that God called me to into others. And what happened, it put such a pressure on those that we were leading that it that I really hurt some people because I was a driven leader and my drive began to disconnect me from people and be able to put an extra expectation on them that if they didn't meet it, then it would cause some frustration. And this is what we want to talk today because I was blinded by vision. Yeah. And of course, I was a part of <laughs> that group of people that <laughs> were affected by it. And, you know, it's it's we can laugh now, but I think you know, to be fair to you, part of the reason I was so drawn was because of that, <laughs> you know, and and it wasn't necessarily the drivenness I was drawn to. It was your your relentless pursuit. Mm. And so when I saw something in you that was very attractive, <laughs> of course, I was attracted to you, too. My dimple. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, like I it was outside of my comfort zone, uh, you know, my personality to step out and and do things that I saw you model. And mm -hmm. so I, I want to say that there's a huge difference between the drivenness you're talking about and having a passionate pursuit yeah. for the vision God's That's given good. you. And so I think that at the time, though, because maybe of Im immaturity, yeah. you were allowing insecurities. Yeah. You were yeah. allowing what God actually the real call of vision that God had given you. You are didn't recognize at the time the things that were um, the underlying motivation out of a place of immaturity. And so that's what I really want to get into is what's the difference between, um, I want to articulate right now, what is the difference between, you know, getting a vision and having passion for a vision God's given you versus being a driven person? Yeah. And that's, and that's really good because, you know, 
Many times when the motivation factor is drivenness, you actually have a body count behind you. Oh, dang. Because, and this is what I, I seen the firsthand, because I remember early in the campus ministry days, um, I had passion, had passion for Jesus, had passion for the campus, but I was also driven. Mm-hmm. And so there'd be times where I, I would see what needs to be done, but God was calling me to do it, not necessarily everybody else. And so because of my drivenness, because I didn't understand some things, I would force some of the things that were on, that, that was on my plate onto other places. For example, you know, whether it be a motivation factor of, of you know, praying or fasting or mm-hmm. or just, you know, some some of those disciplines that uh, was actually meant for me as the leader and trying to push that on others. Right. No, yeah. And, and just, not giving them the option or choice. Yeah. And so some examples would be like, we would have all night prayer meetings. We would yeah. have prayer on campus. We would have our weekly meeting. We would have um, outreaches. So we had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And so if someone would show up or someone was late, <laughs> it would trigger something oh, in man. you yep. that you would get too upset over something small. And that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're talking about. Yeah, because, you know, you, you set such a high standard. And what happened was, you know, what began to happen when as a driven person, you you begin to lose focus of the vision and the passion you have for the vision because you're focusing on keeping standards and keeping people in check that it's the driving force and the motivation and you get exhausted. You can never find rest. I was yeah. constantly, you know, I, I was on the brink of burnout because I'm trying, because in actuality, you try to, you, you revert to control, mm. not self-control, but you revert to control because you're trying to control and make sure that the vision is going to take place and you find no rest. And I have a really good example <laughs> and you're going to remember this and hopefully, uh, um, so you remember the day that we were waiting on our worship leader to show up because we were having our on-campus meeting and we're waiting, 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 service is starting and he's nowhere to be oh. found. You remember that? Okay, this was the time. I need the sozo right now. <laughs> this was the time in the age where we didn't have social media. We yeah. didn't, I don't even think he had a cell phone. And so no. we, we had no way to get a hold of him. Nope. And so here he comes waltzing in about an hour after. And of course, by this time, you were yeah. super upset. Yeah, you were like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to lay into him, you know, whatever. And the reason he was late was because he was ministering to a a homeless guy on the bus. And led him to Christ. And led him to Christ. And you were still upset that he didn't show up. I know, I know. (laughs) And so this just gives you a little perspective on what we're talking about, that the motivation, like, he was actually doing kingdom work, yeah. but it still it still wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to put you on blast, but it's no. just a good example of what we're talking about. No, and this is why we want to talk because we want to release a breakthrough because in the days that we're living right now, you know, it's really, there's a lot of it going on. You know, we have to understand the difference between as believers in Christ, our motivation. The heart motivation for believers is always the fruit of the spirit. It's never to be so driven that we have a body count that we're that we are disconnecting from relationships and not really knowing how to father people. Because right. that's really, I think that's the main thing is that as believers in Christ, we're supposed to father and mother people and society. And what happens when you're driven is you disconnect yourself from fathering yeah. and mothering because you're so driven that you don't know how to do that. And, you know, over the years, we've had to counsel so many people who've been hurt by driven leaders. True. And I think this is one of the conversations that we've been talking about. We want to open up like, and we hope that this, th- this brings healing. I'm really praying that this episode brings healing for those who listen uh, today and actually have experience being connected to a driven leader or being in a culture of drivenness where it so wounded you. Uh, I know that. And I, like I said, I can speak that from experience because 
I created that culture. And now being on the other side and over the years having to go to certain people and ask for their forgiveness and and just, you know, make things right. Because, you know, we hear so many horror stories of people uh, being in the driven culture around driven leaders. And maybe uh, today you are one of those driven leaders. And maybe you don't know that, but we're going to give some keys on how you can recognize if the founding motivation that's driving you is being driven or is it being called? Is it passion? And, um, and just kind of defining that. So let's go ahead and jump into this. So one of the things that we want to talk about first is like, how do you know, like, like if you're driven, what are, what's some of the fruit that you eat of, mm. you know, and this is, uh, you know, there's so many, we're just going to get a couple of them. We have, uh, there's probably a list and we'll probably do another episode uh, on this, but a couple of things that we wanted to point out just from my personal life and just from experience is when you are driven, the first thing that begins to happen is it clouds your perception. Yeah. It means you're not able to see clearly. You only, your tunnel vision, your tunnel Tunnel vision keeps you from true connections, but also begins to keep you from discernment. Wow. Yeah. And that's one of the things we, we see so many times in organization structures and relationship is that when a person's so driven, it clouds their perception. They don't see clearly. And that's kind of the topic we're talking about today is when your vision blinds you, mm-hmm. is that you could be so driven by a vision that it blinds you. And then what happens, and we've seen this happens over the years, babe it happened to us is that you don't have the discernment to know who the right people that need to be in and the wrong people that need to be out. Yeah. Because when you're, when you have tunnel vision, so many times it's hard to see who is supposed to be running with you. Right. Because you begin to make decisions based out of the need to accomplish that vision. Yep. So if this person can aid in accomplishing the vision, then, then it, bring them on in but you don't recognize anything that maybe you would have otherwise you know that maybe there's some character issues maybe there's some things there's some immaturity that need to be walked through maybe they're not ready for this you know you don't see any of that because all you see is the needs of the vision and accomplishing it and it's so true because we've seen organizations churches ministries that we know of that have fallen apart because of a driven culture, driven leader. And it so blinded them that people who were immature got into a place of carrying a lot of responsibility and it really tear, tore everything apart. And this is what we're talking about. It clouds your perception. So it clouds your ability to understand, hey, is this person mature? Um, and then like Dad said a few minutes ago, it's like you don't see the character flaws. Mm-hmm. You don't see it because you only see what they can bring to the organization and how they can fulfill it. You're willing or you're actually blinded to seeing some of the defaults or some of the big things that others are seeing and maybe you're not seeing it. And so what happens, it causes a bigger mess. Right. And another thing is, it, we're not saying that when you bring people in and you and they're going to help you and run you know, alongside of you or whatever, we're not saying that they have to be perfect. Yeah, I, I want to make true. sure that so we, we say that, that we're not saying that they have to be perfect. Yeah. That everyone, we're all growing. We're all in, <laughs> in the process, yeah. right? And so, but I think that the next point, it, it speaks to this. The next point is avoidance. Huh. And I think yep. What what we're saying is, you know, say these things arise and these character flaws start to arise because you're so focused on the vision at hand, you begin to avoid necessary things, necessary conversations, necessary. That's not just going to harm the culture, but it's actually going to be harmful to the person if you don't deal with it. And so avoiding hard things becomes the next step in, you know, in this culture of drivenness. Yeah, because it's, you know, 
it creates a unconfrontational culture. And I, when I mean confrontational, I don't mean uh, like healthy confrontation. Uh, there's no healthy confrontation that's allowed because there's avoidance and you begin to avoid big things. And I think it, it becomes um, it becomes justifiable in in your mind because you're like have that mindset. Oh, let's just pick our battles. Yeah, that's so not good. that's not really that big of a deal. So let's just move on. Yeah, let's just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And so what happens? You don't realize all of that little small issue that started way back when is now snowballing because it never got dealt with at the seed phase. And now this thing is not only you know seeds have been planted and the roots are going deep and now this full-blown tree is bearing fruit and you're like wait a minute how how did this happen how did that happen and it all started with avoidance and i will say it this way any culture that has avoidance within it will eventually have compromise because what you avoid will create a culture and a value system of compromising. Right. Whether it's compromising uh, many different things, and we'll talk about this in a little while, but even the compromise of some of maybe the, the standards that you began with at the beginning. And so we want to make sure that like, hey, if you're driven, here are some of the things that we're talking about. You, it clouds your perception, number one. Number two, we just talked about, it's avoidance. Mm-hmm. You know, you create this culture void. And number three, here's, here's the last one that we want to talk to you guys about, is that it creates a high standard that you put on others. You have such a high standard. This is really what we talked about at the beginning, is that we I created such a culture where I had high standards. And they were very high standards and people had to fit into that standard. And so I would actually push that onto other people. And what I realized sometimes is when you push a high standard on someone else that was actually meant for you, what happens is that you actually miss out on who they are to become. Right. Because you try to make them like you. Mm-hmm. I love what Bill Johnson says. I believe he says something like this, that we are to rule as a servant and serve as a king, right? Something like that. And I love that perspective because it's not negating the fact that we are to be kings and queens and we are to, uh, you know, have dominion and rulership in the kingdom here on earth. But as we are serving, as we are in our kingship and in our royal position, our royal identity, that we are to come as servants. And what what that's going to do, those that we are called to raise up, those that we are called to mother and father, that we would be a model that they would want to emulate. And it's not putting all this pressure and putting, you know, Saul's armor on them. It's that they're going to see something in us that they want to become. That's the whole being a good leader. That's in essence, that is what a good leader does. Yeah, that's good. It's so true. And, and you know, I think like we're, why this is such a relevant topic right now is that, you know, we have a, a, a very, more than any time I can remember, a very strong entrepreneurial presence in our nation, you know, and, and you're seeing more, you know, there, there's more opportunity right now to become an entrepreneur. But this also goes into ministry. We've seen what even with pastors, with leaders, ourselves, we, we, I was driven in a, in a ministry context. So it's mm-hmm. not just a work business context. But in actuality, one of the reasons why we want to address this is because this is a bigger issue as a believer in Christ because we have a different va- st- we have a different standard and values that we're supposed to live according 
into that are kingdom. And, you know, somebody who's blinded by vision because they haven't had a connection with Christ, ultimately they're not going to see it. I'm talking to you right now. We're talking to believers who have a relationship with Christ, who are supposed to have the fruit of the spirit as their motivating values and not being so driven that you can't even see any of the fruit manifesting in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, especially the fruit of self-control, because in actuality, that's the only place in scripture that we see that we have permission to control is ourselves. Because on our best day, it's hard enough to control ourselves than try to control others. And I know from, from experience that when you're driven many times, you begin to revert to controlling others. And you may not call it that. It may not, you know, others may not see it clearly, but really what it is, is you're beginning to determine their standards for their personal life and kind of call them higher in, an, in a really unhealthy way, not a godly way. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that. And even just, I mean, that kind of hit a chord, babe, when you said earlier, I so remember that moment. It was supposed to be, a, and this is the way I would say it, as a CEO, if I'm a CEO, mm-hmm. I'm justified. Because, all right, you're late to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't really care what happened. You need to get your job done. But at that moment, I was supposed to be a leader and a father. Mm-hmm. Right. And what a leader and a father looks like in that moment is, okay, I'm going to celebrate with this one. That is awesome. Let's celebrate this testimony. And then after, let's talk. Next time, can you do this? Can you at least, you know, try to reach out? Because this is how it made me feel. There could have been some healthy uh, conversation there. Right. But yet you celebrated a a son, a spiritual son, or somebody who's under your watch to help. Man, that is so awesome. And it's those moments that never take place in a driven culture. I want to speak real quick to the business owner. I want to speak to the entrepreneur that is listening right now that is hearing what we're saying and having those questions arise. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. I think that my drivenness has brought me where I am today. (laughs) I believe that my drivenness and my hustle, my ability to hustle has actually brought the success that was needed, the productivity that was needed for my company. It defines me. But it, we justify it. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to be funny, but we justify we justify it in the fact that you will see results. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to downplay the fact oh, that yeah. if you're driven and you know how to hustle, you're going to see results. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that that, um, you know, you're obviously you're going to be you're going to establish that. And it's you're doing it for a reason. If it didn't work, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. And so we're trying to reel it back a few and let's go back to the drawing board and what is the underlying motivation? If your pursuit and your passion to see you know, success in your organization is to build big people and it is to yeah. build the kingdom of God and to see the kingdom released on the earth yeah. and, and you are pouring into your employees and that is awesome. Yeah. We are not saying no. that that is a bad thing. I want to make that epically clear yeah, 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 <laughs> if that's yeah. even a word. Another thing I want to make clear is there's two sides of this coin. We're not saying that we are not motivated and that we're just lazy because I see the other side of this coin. Absolutely. We're, we're Believers, like there's no motivation. It's like they're like in a fairy tale, uh-huh. and there's no work ethic. Mm-hmm. There's no motivating factor to actually want to go and do something. You're just sitting there waiting for a magic door to open and God to swing his magic wand around, and then poof, I'm here. No, there's process. There's hard work. You got to get your boots on and your work gloves on. So we're not saying that. There's this other side where I, I, this is a whole other episode we could do. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides of the coin, but we are saying 
that we have to understand the behind the heart, what's our motivation in why we want to have success, why we want to see the vision, and how we can be blinded by our vision. And and here's a question. If you're sitting in your success right now and you've become quote unquote successful, looking behind you, do you see a body trail? Wow. Do you see casualties? That that's what we're talking about. With anything that we put our hand to, anything God calls us to, if it doesn't include building people up yeah. and making people better, yep. we gotta go back to the drawing board. We yeah. gotta ask ourselves so these hard questions. So good. So let's let's talk about. It. So how do we? Here's a question: How do you recognize if you are driven? If if you have some of these tendencies that we are talking about, because you know we gave you some keys of just kind of what happens when you're driven, a lot more, but we give you three. Now, how do we recognize that we are driven? Well, number one, I think many times you have to look at what's driving you. Mm -hmm. Many times we've counseled many people who've had drivenness in them. And one of the things that drives them is, is their comparison or insecurities. They're comparing themselves to other organization, other people, uh, where they're at in life compared to other people and it just drives them. So they're not really driven by a kingdom vision. They're not driven by a passion for people. They're actually driven by insecurity, comparison, shame. Yeah, I was I was just going to say in a lot of those instances, the root of that mindset goes back deeper and it's probably out of a place of shame trying to prove themselves to probably their father. Yeah. To make sure that yep. he, I mean, not just their father, maybe your father or mother, but it came in somewhere along the way that you feel like you will not be accepted or loved if you don't become successful in their eyes. And I think another another one is not just a father and mother, but it, it could be a situation where you face failure. You failed at something. So now the driving force is to make what you failed at right at any cost. And so failure now becomes the driving force for your drivenness because you failed, maybe you lost something, uh, something happened. And so it becomes a driving force to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So I'm going to be driven at any cost. I'm going to make sure instead of learning for failure and, and, and seeing failure happen, trying to learn from it in, in a healthy way, it now becomes unhealthy because it drives you and it disconnects you from, from people's hearts, from healthy relationships. You have body count and, and that's another Another thing I think I see in many leaders many times that we've had to counsel over the years. Yeah, it's true. And then the second one, how do we recognize, asking the question, how do you recognize if you are driven is you begin to compromise values. Right. The values that you started off with may have been kingdom values. You start compromising them at the sake of seeing the vision or at the sake of seeing success. Right. So some of the values that you have, even as a believer, like you started off like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And then you start compromising because like, well, if I can do this, we can get this quicker or get this done. And you begin to compromise those values. And that's one thing we don't ever want to build is a compromising culture. Right. And I think just to give a personal example of this is for us, you know, uh, our family is our first ministry, yep. right? And so yep. one of our values would be that we never compromise our family for ministry. Yeah. And so that sounds all warm and fluffy and great, but then you have to make real decisions about you know, our schedule. You have to make real yeah. decisions about True. how we're going to provide for our family and all of that. And so there has been times where we've had to say no to things that seem to be great opportunities or seem yeah. to be you know, things that, maybe 
could be, bring provision, but we knew it would be at the expense of one of our children or our family. Like, here's a good example. And this, you know, it sounds oh, like an obvious yeah. one, but like Matt was going to be going on a ministry trip and he was going to get home on like our son's birthday, I believe it was. Yeah. And so we're, you know, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal because we weren't even going to celebrate that day. But it was like, wait, hold up. No, no, nope. no. I never want him to ever think that, you know, yep. he's not more important yep. than, you know, a trip or a ministry trip, you know? And so we had to make that decision. Like, no, we had to turn that down. And I remember another opportunity where it, there was a connection that, that uh, I've been really wanting to connect with mm-hmm. and, and it could have opened some doors and really uh, build a new heart connection. We had been, you know, and so, but once again, there is something going on in our family. I believe it was one of the girls' birthday or was something to that extent. And I was like, nope, not doing it. Not even value. You know, I don't really care, you know, and not, and I didn't care. Not that I didn't care about connecting with the person or it could be an opportunity of favor or, or that. It's just that, you know what? My, 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 my foundation values is family and I'm not compromising that even if it's going to enhance our vision or the season that we're in. Right. Not going to do it. Yeah. And uh, the last one, babe, we talked about this, having the conversation is how, how we're asking the question, like, how do you recognize if you're driven? I know there's many different keys that we can give. We're just going to give you guys a couple. And the last one is restlessness. Mm. I remember that. I remember being so driven that it was hard to find rest. Like, like rest was hard because what happens, you're constantly thinking you don't shut off. Mm. You don't know how to rest. Even when I would have times of rest, even when we go like on a getaway or something, like I didn't know how to rest. I'm constantly driven, 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 driven. And what I didn't realize was that my drivenness actually became connected. And this is what I would say. It was connected to an ungodly mindset and and it opened a door for an ungodly spirit. Mm. And so you get driven. You don't realize that you're actually in a prison. You're being driven and you're being controlled and you have no rest. You're constantly can't rest. You know, and I think the thing that if we would recognize this principle, you know, the most productive I've ever been is when I have been at rest. Come on. And so if our our reason for this in our mind and we justify it is I got to get things done. I got to get things done. And it's not out of place of rest. I can't even function when I'm under that. Yeah. I can't even get stuff done when I'm under that. When so you're good. under stress, when you're under worry, when you're under a deadline, when you're under all those things. And I understand that stuff's real life. But if you can realize in this place, when you work from rest, you will get more done yep. and have peace while you're doing it. Yep. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. You know, the place of rest is so key because it's from the place of rest where it's also you find your confidence and trust. And I think when you're driven, sometimes the confidence and trust is lost because you don't know how to find rest because rest is the foundation for confidence and trust. When we're promised peace in scripture, peace is movement. It's it's not, peace is not a place of just, uh, uh, you know, non-busyness. Peace is advancing. It's it's an advancing gift. It it increases our advancement, but it's a place in which we in a posture. You know, it's a posture and a position of advancement that is so healthy that you don't lose sight of who you really are. Yeah. Like you don't lose sight of your identity. You don't lose sight of your values. And that's what we're talking about is peace. It's yeah. rest. So if 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 you're if you're the listener and I'm asking this, babe. Yeah. And you're saying, I want that. I want to, I want to work from place of rest. I want to have peace, 
But then they ask, how do I do that? Mm. How do I get there? Because I want that. I just don't know how. So let's give a few things in how we can see this happen in our life. Move from a place of drivenness to a place of calling. Because, you know, even in scripture, when I think of drivenness, I can think of two people, Judas and Saul. Both were driven, driven by wrong motivations. Mm, And I think when you look at the life of Judas and you look at the life of Saul, you begin to see some characteristics. And then I would would encourage the listener to study the life of Judas, study the life of Saul, Saul before he came Paul, and look at the characteristics of their drivenness and then look at Paul as the example. What happened when he had an encounter with God and what happened to that drivenness and kind of what began to take place? Because it's a really, really great great um, uh, foundation to learn. Yeah. And I think that's a great example because I think one of our, one of our first points to how to move from a place of drivenness to a place of, of rest is number one, build a new foundation. And Paul is such, (laughs) such a great example of this. We know the famous prayer he prays in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 18. And this is like my favorite, one of my favorite um, prayers. I pray also that the eyes of your heart, which is understanding, may Mm. be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power for us who believe. Um, so we're talking about, so we're talking about building a new foundation yeah. and that the word heart there is understanding that the eyes of your understanding would be open. And so most likely when you're in this place and you're, you're driven and you're on a mission and you're, you're, you got tunnel vision, yeah. you don't see what you don't see. Yep. Right. You, you don't see that you need to see it a different way because yep. you're so focused on the task. And so Paul's prayer is so powerful because he's saying, I'm praying that your eyes of your understanding would be open, that you would be enlightened, that you would see what you don't see right now. Yeah. And that is our prayer for you, that if you're in that place and you don't see it, that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you can see what God wants you to see. I love this new foundation because that word understanding, if you break it down, understanding means what's under my standing. Right. So what are you standing on? Mm. So what we're saying is that if you're driven, then you have a understanding or a foundation that's broken and you need a new foundation. You need a new understanding on how to build a new culture, a new way, and the ability to actually move from a place where you're not blinded by vision, you're not blinded by uh, uh, you know the attainment of success, but you actually have understanding. I love that, babe. So good. I love that so much. <laughs> I think that the next thing that when we're moving from this place of drivenness to operating from a place of peace and yeah. rest, the next thing, and we've talked about this many times, but it's so important, so we're gonna say it again, is pursuing feedback. And so in this, this, this one point, I want to say that if you are in this place and you can relate to what Matt is talking about and how he was so driven and he didn't, you know, necessarily father well in that place, when you build that culture around you, most likely people don't feel free to give you feedback. They may be intimidated Mm. of you. They may not even want to share stuff with you out of fear, you know, and out of a place where you have set up a culture and a structure where it's not allowed. So if, if you've done that, you're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to actually go to some people and ask 
That's so good. You know, I just thought about this, you know, part of your drivenness is that there's a hustle. But when your hustle hurts others, then it's not hustle. And I that's I think that's really what we're trying to say too, is that you get so driven that your hustle is hurting people. And I love that, babe. There's a pursuit of feedback. And I remember that. I remember early in our days, like I had created such a culture where people were afraid of me. Like people were afraid to have conversations with me. And you know, it, I, I think the saddest part was the first time I recognized that was when I had a spiritual son who actually first, first time he ever confronted me. Uh-huh. I, I was just thinking that. And we were in a car and he confronted me and it was the best thing that ever happened to my life. Yep. Because he had the boldness and I'm so thankful that he had the courage and boldness that he built up to confront me. And it soft in my heart and it would have happened that feedback opened my eyes mm-hmm. because up to that point I had not been able to see and that's the power of feedback is that it actually can bring back your true vision and this is so good and so important because let me I want to just say at that time I wasn't afraid of you of course we were <laughs> dating and you know yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so speaking to the people that are in a relationship or they're married like we could say things to you all day long yeah <laughs> But it wasn't until a son yeah. opened your eyes. Like I probably told you the exact same things that he yeah. he shared, but it didn't have the same effect. Yeah. And that's why this is so important. Like it's very important to get feedback from your spouse or people that are close to you, your family members. Yeah. But you have to allow for feedback. And I we've said this in our last episode, not only from fathers and mothers and yeah. not only from people that are peers, but also from those that are that we're raising up because we're sometimes we don't know. Yeah. We don't know how we're coming off. We don't yeah. know how they're interpreting <clears throat> us. So good. And unless we allow them to address it, we're not going to know. We have to. And, you know, now being on this side, I know the driving force of my drivenness. You know, I had a real call of God for the campus. At the same time, it's it's like the parable. It's like the weeds and the wheat, you know, kind of growing together. And with that, what the weeds were, what the tares were, mm-hmm. the tares and the wheat, the wheat for me was the call of God for the campus. It was, it was legit. But the tares was, I remember it was the hardest season of my life because I had gone through so much rejected rejection from peers about uh, the call of God on my life that there was an edge that drove me to prove people wrong about me. Wow, yeah. I was driven to prove them wrong, to prove all the haters, all the people, the leaders who were in my life that I had considered, that rejected me, that said the call of God was wrong and this and that. And there was an edge on me to have to prove myself right. And it drove me. It was a motivation, motivating factor that, that drove me. And it happened. It drove me out of some really good relationships. Wow. And that's what happens when you're in a driven culture. You miss some of the God things because you're pursuing the great things. And lastly, we'd like to leave you with this. You know, if we're going to relearn this, we have to learn to work from a place of rest. And that can only be done dialoguing with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's more simple than we think. We have to have an upgrade vision of what it looks like to learn to work from rest, not work for it. How do we learn to work from a place of rest? I love what you said a little while ago about peace being a posture, yep. because I think when we hear this word rest for the driven person, <laughs> that sounds like torment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like totally. they, they're, they're like, oh, I need to do something. I need to go put my hand to something. I'm, you're telling me to go sit in a room and not do anything, not do anything. That's not what we're saying. Like you 
putting your hand to the thing God's called you to, we're not saying to stop that. It's This is more of a posture. Rest is a posture. It's a, it's a place where you understand your identity is so secure in Him and you have so much trust in who God is in your life that you understand that your ability to even do anything, it all comes from Him. And it's, it's about being more God aware <clears throat> than self-aware. Totally, totally. You know, one of the resources that really helped me during that time is I read a book called Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. Mm-hmm. And we actually, that. is actually one of the uh, books that we use in our, our, our school. Yep. And another book that really helped me was uh, by um, Bob Sorge. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Dealing with the rejection and praise of man. Yeah, that's good. And I highly recommend both of those books and we'll actually put the links in uh, the podcast to be able to get those books on Amazon. So man, with so much to say, we gotta do another episode on this because this is so good. Okay, babe, any last... Yeah, I think what I wanted to share was that, you know, I just don't want anyone to misinterpret what we're saying and what we're not saying. If you have a call of God in your life and you are putting your hand to something right now and you are focused on seeing that thing, you know, grow, we are not saying that that is a bad thing or a a negative thing. It's a a great thing. Having great work ethic is a great thing and it's a great characteristic. I think we we just want to go back to the point that it all goes back to motivation, yes. right? What's the underlying motivation to what are you building? What is your is your vision to build an organization or is it to build big people? Ooh, that's good. Well, it goes back to what we always say: the kingdom of God is established through relationships. Our relationship right. with God and our relationship with others. And any motivation that separates our motivation from God and our motivation uh, separates our motivation for having a relationship with others, then we have to question because right. the kingdom of God will not be established. Right. So good. So good. Wow. 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 We want to pray for that. I want to pray for the listener right now that you were in a culture of drivenness and, and maybe you were hurt by leaders who were driven and it just so wounded you because we also been on the other side. Not only have I been the driven one, but we've been in cultures where there was drivenness and, and it disconnect us from, from leaders and people. And so father, I just pray for those who are listening today that have been so wounded by a leader, uh, maybe uh, somebody they looked up to maybe it was an organization, maybe it was a ministry, and there was so much drivenness that standards and values were compromised. They they saw how not to do things, and they were so hurt and wounded. Father, I just pray that you would go into the secret chambers of their heart right now, and that you would begin to remove all the pain that was caused by drivenness, and any time they see a person with those same characteristics that triggers them. Father, I pray that you would begin to heal those triggers, that it wouldn't disconnect them from being a blessing the people, but it would actually help them to bring the necessary um, tools and the necessary encouragement that these people need. So do what you only can do best, Holy Spirit. Begin to soothe and heal the wounds yes, Lord. of drivenness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, hey, if this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe and would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help to extend our vision, mission, and our outreach to see the Media Mountain influence with truth. Thank you for listening to today's show. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. Kick in that outro. 
We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.